Welcome back, everyone, to episode two in our series with Lon Welsh. In this episode, Lon breaks down the difference between active real estate investing and passive real estate investing. They are two very distinct different types of real estate investing. Both have their pros and cons. Lon does a great job of walking us through, helping you match up what the right strategy is for you. So in addition to this episode, make sure you check out the link in the show notes for our webinar if you're interested in more details on passive investing. If you see your episode before with Lon Welsh, make sure you check it out for more details on his background. Here's the show. You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. So there are two main options in real estate investing. You can do active investing or passive investing. That's what Lon Welsh will talk about in today's video. Lon, welcome back. I'm excited to be here. So very high level. We have active versus passive investing. Let's start with active. What is active real estate investing? So um, there's you know three or four different categories of each, but I'll, I'll just do a couple to kind of illustrate it. The main thing about active investing is that you are in control. You make all the decisions and you're responsible for everything. So um, there's a lot of educational process in just figuring out, I've got to learn the market. I've got to find a realtor and a mortgage broker that I trust. I've got to learn all the different neighborhoods. I've got to find an asset. I've got to underwrite it, make sure that, let's say it's a rental, uh, that the rents are going to be sufficient to have a good cash flow. Um, I need to close on it, get a property manager, have them screen a tenant, or if I don't have a property manager, I'm doing all that work myself, collect the rents, pay the bills, decide when I want to sell the asset, and then hire the realtor and get the thing sold on the back end. You do all that different work. Um, If you're doing the passive side, you're giving money to someone else and they do all the work for you and they just send you a check back. So what are the different types of active investing? Because you have run the gamut when it comes Mm -hmm. to different types. So give us a rundown as to like some of the very common investing strategies and just some high level pros and cons if you could. Yeah, so I've done everything and I'm actually doing all these right now. So I think you can really break it down into there's uh, long-term rentals, short-term rentals like Airbnbs, and there's fix and flips. Those tend to be, or some combination of those, tend to be most of the active world. Mm -hmm. So uh, long-term rentals would be what most people think about when they think about active investing. That's the most traditional type where I'm just going to buy a house, a condo, or a four-unit, or maybe an apartment building if you can afford that, and I'm going to hold it for a long period of time with tenants that are in there for like a year or so. It has all those different uh, work stream responsibilities that I described just a second ago. Um, short-term rentals, uh, where you're advertising on VRBO or Airbnb, usually are going to be in a nicer neighborhood. So the, the long-term rentals, generally the, the less nice neighborhood, they don't need to be very polished. They tend to cash flow a lot better. Airbnbs need to be nicer neighborhoods, kept up in better condition. And then you've got to buy, you're running a Marriott, you got to buy the furniture, uh, the sheets, the you know all the towels and everything you need in the kitchen to, to run a viable operation. And you're also in the hospitality business in that you're responding to requests about guests. Hey, does your place have this? Does it have that? How close are you to the right light rail? Where's the closest Italian restaurant? You're just playing the role of the concierge, answering a lot of questions all the time. Um, you can get a short-term manager who will do all that for you, um, but it, it someone's got to do it. You have to do it or the short-term rental manager does it. The big advantage to being active in a short-term rental capacity is that the rates of returns, if you choose the right place, are much better than for long-term rentals. So there is effort and risk commensurate with the reward that you're going to get on it. And then the last uh, thing that ten- generally tends to fall into the active category is fix and flips where you're buying some sort of a distressed house, 
either you fix it up yourself or you find a general contractor who does it and then sell it and make a profit. Or you could fix the house, refinance it, take your cash out, and then use it as a long-term rental. That's one of my favorite strategies. Or you could live in part of the house and rent out part of the house. There's, you know, you've done a thousand podcasts and all the different variations of all that. Yeah. But those tend to be the three uh, main uh, active types. Yeah, thank you. That was a great overview. And now shifting into passive investing, I know there's three main buckets with passive investing. What are those? Yeah, so the first is, and the one that's probably most uh, commonly known is called a REIT, a Real Estate Investment Trust. And I just happened to pull the stats for you here. Over the last 20 years, the broad stock market average, the S&P 500, has gone up about 8% per year, and the REITs have done 13%. So the REITs have done really well. So the way a real estate investment trust will work is you don't have to be accredited. And I'll talk about that just in a second or two here. You could put cash in, and it's very liquid. So by that, I mean, um, it's just like if you put money into stock market in Vanguard, uh, you can sell that mutual fund whenever you choose. You have all the decision rights. You can sell it tomorrow afternoon at three o'clock and whatever the price is that moment, that's the price you're going to get. You get the wire, you get the money back like two days later. REITs are just like that. Um, the next one is doing a syndication. So a syndication is where you get uh, a lead person who's responsible for the project called a general partner. They identify the project. They do all the work that I talked about a minute ago. And then the majority of the cash on the equity side comes from limited partners and limited partners just write a check. They don't guarantee the loan. They don't manage the project. They have none of the responsibility, so they get paid less. The GP does all the work. The GP takes more of the profit. And then when the asset's done, everybody gets their capital back, plus whatever their proration of the, the profits are. And I've done some of those. So I could talk about a project like that if you want me to. And then the last option for passive is, is a fund. And that's what I'm launching now, where I will invest in eight or 10 different projects on a national basis and will diversify. Some will be apartments, some office, some a hospitality, some warehouse. So lots of different asset classes, lots of different states. And we'll probably divide it up about half and half between new development and taking an existing asset and doing value add work to increase the value of it. So those are sort of the three broad categories of passive investing. And I mean, great overview. And you mentioned, you know, investing in funds. And if everyone wants more details on that, check out the webinar yes. that Iron Capital and Lon host on a regular basis. Yep. Those links are in the show notes. But going back to uh, those three types of investments, um, it seems like they're all passive on me, yep. where I'm just basically writing a check yep. with a REIT. It's kind of like buying a stock online. Yep. With a syndication, I'm sending a check into someone and that GP is doing the active investing. And then with the funds, I'm still writing a check and then you are putting those uh, money out for deploying that money on my behalf. So with those three options, why don't I just invest in a REIT directly? That's a great question. So um, I didn't really... Uh highlight the negatives of the syndications and the funds. So let me uh, really get into that. So when you uh, go and put money into a syndication or a fund, you're committing the capital for three years, five years. It's sort of a, the, the, the fund manager, the general partner will give you a sense of the range of how long the money will be tied up, but you don't know exactly for sure. So if you decide three years from now that you need the money back, probably not going to happen. So you're going to make more money on a syndication or a fund than you will in any other asset class because you've lost, you've given up the rights to liquidity and you have to be paid more as a return mm. to offset that risk. Um, another downside of the syndicate and the fund is that you have to be an accredited investor most of the time to participate. So uh, the way the, the regulator for this is the SEC, the Security and Exchange Commission, and they define an accredited investor as a, a single person who makes more than 200,000 a year, a married couple that makes more than 300, 
or if you have more than a million dollars of assets you can invest, not counting your primary residence, uh, if you meet any of those three criteria, that's an accredited investor. Uh, most syndications and funds will require that you are accredited to be able to participate. Not all of them, but the vast majority of them. And majority of those do, but REITs generally do not, right? The REITs don't. So the great thing about the REIT is that it's very liquid. You can change your mind, get the money back, and you don't have to be accredited to participate. Uh, the offset is that it makes less money historically, and I think it's going to make a lot less money in the future. Okay. And really, your main focus with Iron Capital is focusing on the passive investing using the fund model, correct? Yes. So probably the easiest way for us to, to think about that is I'm making 10 investments really into syndications for you. So I'm picking out the syndications so that you don't have to worry about that. And I'm picking eight to 10 different syndications that are extremely diversified uh, so that you know, imagine it's 2019 and you're thinking, gosh, you know, I should get into the office market like right before COVID. Um, so you, you put one of your bets into COVID and then you do the rest into all the other different asset classes, student housing, warehouse, multifamily, retail, whatever it might be. Uh, you would discover by 2021 that, gosh, I wish I would have bought that office one, right? I'm glad I only put 10% into that basket, not 100%. So from a high level, just a way to diversify because yes. there's always going to be some winners, some losers. Yep. Like that's just the way the world is. Yeah, our our fund is really a mutual fund of syndications to broaden your diversification. And you've got me picking it out, which investments to go to based on my 20 some years of experience. And, you know, you did a great job outlining the different ways people invest, act investing, pass investing. And of course, everyone is in a unique situation with where they're at in life, their time, yep. are they credit or not, how much capital they have to invest. And an additional video that you've created is the investor's decision tree. Yes. And we'll talk more about it next episode, but it's a great flow chart because people get the overview here. Definitely recommend you watch that next video so you yep. can help see where you fall in that category because your logic on there is bulletproof and it's a great way to go uh, to go through it. So very much appreciate your timeline. And if people have questions, want to know more, the best way to do it is go to the webinar, correct? Yes. Uh, the webinar will tell you a lot about the fund. And then we're going to have a digital version of the decision tree that you'll be able to use on the website uh, sometime in about a month or so here. Fantastic. Thanks a lot, Lon. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs>